0: This week's episode is brought to you by Fly baby App, whose mission is to make travel accessible and easy for women and families. Forget about lugging heavy baby equipment through airports, stressing about packing, and finding baby-friendly accommodations. With Fly Baby App, you can rent everything you need to make your baby feel at home, and they'll deliver it to your destination. Just download Fly baby App on your phone and get ready for summer travel, because it just got easier. And as a special discount for Common Sense listeners, FlyBaby App is offering a 20% discount on your first rental when you use promo code CommonSense. That's FlyBabyApp.com and use promo code CommonSense. This week's episode is also brought to you by Cabrita Goat's Milk Formula. If your formula-fed baby experiences eczema, reflux, constipation, or other tummy troubles, you might have to try a new formula. For some babies, cow's milk formula is too tough on their sensitive digestive systems, and that shows up in all kinds of uncomfortable symptoms. But goat's milk is gentler on the tummy, and research suggests that it moves through the system at a similar rate to breast milk, quicker than cow's milk. Cabrita is a naturally easy to digest formula that starts with gentle goat milk, and it just might be the perfect solution if your formula fed baby has tummy or skin troubles associated with cow's milk formula. Right now they're offering Common Sense Pregnancy Parenting and Politics listeners a free tin of Cabrita goat's milk formula. Just email them at hellocabrita.ca. I'm going to spell that. Hello at K-A-B-R-I-T-A dot C-A and tell them you heard about them on Common Sense Pregnancy Parenting and Politics. That's hello at Cabrita dot C-A. Now, I gave you all the wrong email last week. Sorry about that. It's dot C-A, not dot com. So shoot them an email, give them your address, and they'll send you the formula. Offer valid for U.S. residents only. Go check them out at CabritaUSA.com. Hi, everybody. This is Jeannie Faulkner, and you are listening to Common Sense Pregnancy, Parenting, and Politics, the podcast where we talk about all that and then some. Pregnancy and parenting are rife with politics, and maybe never more so than now, right? That's why we have these nice long conversations on this here podcast that help us connect our lives as women, mothers, fathers, men, parents, partners, and people raising the next generation with the bigger world around us. It's so easy to get stuck in our little bubbles, isn't it? In our little routines and ruts. It can be especially isolating if you're a new mother or father um, or, you know, a newly pregnant woman who doesn't feel secure to share her experience with the people she spends her time with. You know, maybe her workmates or her the other students she's with or, you know, her maybe even her closest friends. I heard from a woman recently who told me that she's the first in her friend group to get pregnant and none of her other friends really want to hear very much about it. They're not into it. They're not curious about it. And it's just such an all-encompassing experience for her that she doesn't know really how to relate to them now. Oh, honey, I've been there, done that, and lived to tell the tale. I was the first in my friend group too. And you know I told her to start intentionally looking for some mom friends. Do You remember that old song, make new friends, but keep the old, some are silver and the other gold. That's Girl Scouts, right? I think it's Girl Scouts. I'm not sure. Anyway, you know what? You're the pioneer in your friend group right now. And even though your old friends aren't in the parenting loop yet, they will be, or at least some of them will. And when they are, you might reconnect again when you're on this same phase of life again. But you're going to need some new members of your tribe who are already in the parenting loop. Maybe even a few who have kids older than yours, so you, you know, they can sort of hold a flashlight for you on the road ahead. So where do you find them? Where do you find these parents? Oh my gosh. I think the usual list is, you know, prenatal exercise classes, children's bookstores, play groups, indoor playgrounds, at the park, at coffee shops that cater to kids, and you know, more and more parents are looking for each other online. I think if you set your intention to find your people and then start getting curious and follow the breadcrumbs, see what happens. You're going to find some people. So, if I haven't said it already, I'm the author of <clears throat> the book Common Sense Pregnancy, which is now three years old. I'm going to toot my own horn. I'm really proud of this book and I'm so happy that it's out there in the world telling, you know, newly pregnant women and their friends and families the inside information I learned over 20 years as a labor and delivery nurse and another 10 or so as a maternal health writer. I keep getting emails about things I wrote quite a while ago um, for Fit Pregnancy and the advice column I wrote for them, Ask the Labor Nurse, and, you know, that was a long time ago. And that's partly where Common Sense Pregnancy, the book, came from. An editor read it, I think it was during her pregnancy, and she thought it was practical and reassuring and a fresh perspective, and one thing led to another. And in June 2015, Common Sense Pregnancy came into the world, and, you know, one thing led to another, and that inspired this here podcast. So... If you don't already have a copy, go pick one up wherever you get your books and get in on the very start of this big conversation we're all having. Uh, Let's, you know what, let's take a quick break and then I want to talk about something that's on all of our minds. Worry. We're back. And like I mentioned before the break, everybody is worried and we have big, big things to worry about right now. I got an email from a listener who is due in the next few weeks and just discovered that her baby has a heart problem. She's worried. I talked to a father recently who is registering his daughter for kindergarten this fall, and he's really worried about gun violence. I know countless people who are really, really worried about their jobs, their incomes, their housing. And I know there are millions of mothers out there right now who are pregnant or newly delivered, who are worried about, you know, everything, all the changes going on in their life. If you take the global temperature right now, it registers worried. For me, My worry of the week is the desperate situation happening on the U.S.-Mexico border. That is just where my heart lives right now, where asylum seekers are being mistreated, separated from their families and babies. Their human rights are being violated. And that's my worry of the week. Now, I know you all have your own. And I would bet that if we didn't experiment and each of us made a list of the top, I don't know, five or 10 things that we're worried about and then swap that list with a complete stranger, I bet we would find, you know, at least a few things that we're all worried about in common. I know that's a weird point of connection, but seriously, it can be a little comforting to know that we're all worried about the same things. And then, you know, if we communicate about it a little bit, we can come together to find solutions, right? That's how change happens. That is if you channel your worries into, you know, useful outlets. That's where activism and action and, you know, providing active support come in. For instance, excuse me, with my worry of the week, the border and family situation, that catastrophe, I'm channeling some of my worry into shining a light on organizations who are working directly on alleviating suffering in this horrible situation. Now, one of them is Circle of Health International. Sarah Bonds is Circle of Health's founder and executive director. And we go back a ways. Um, Circle of Health International is a nonprofit organization that helps provide healthcare and humanitarian services to immigrant and refugees and asylum seekers in Crisis situations, including you know, in war torn countries, including in uh, at the border right now. So when I emailed with Sarah this week, she was on her way to the border to, I believe, assess the situation and determine where and how best to help. Um, Sarah and Circle of Health International's work is remarkable, and they work in Haiti, Turkey, Jordan, and all over the world where women live in crises and refugee settings, and where You know, getting adequate healthcare and support is desperately needed and hard to get. Um, Sarah's going to come on the podcast next week, we hope, to tell us what she's seeing at the border and how Circle of Health International will help. Um, I'm really, I, I hate to say that I can't wait for that conversation because it is just so sad that we have to have it but sarah is just a beacon of information and hope and i'm looking forward to having that conversation too in the meantime the best way you can help sarah and circle of health international and um you know who are going to be right there on the scene providing much needed services to mothers is by donating seriously go to c o h i ntl.org and seriously $5 $50 $500 $5000 whatever you got donate it to the people who know what to do and then make sure you come back here next week um, when we talk to sarah so now i want to circle back to that topic of worry i generally like the you know notion that worry doesn't do you any good and so try not to do it it's like a rocking chair it gives you something to do but it doesn't take you anywhere Um, I wrote an article for Fit Pregnancy years and years ago about worry, and I want to read it to you today because I think it still really resonates. It goes like this, telling a mother not to worry is silly. It's in our nature. It's what we do. That said, that's exactly what I'm going to say this week. Quit worrying, my dears. It's not good for you. I've received so many emails lately from worried mamas with straight up valid reasons to be concerned, ranging from bacterial vaginosis to spotting to grumpy husbands and to new kittens. One is having trouble conceiving a baby and wonders if bacterial vaginosis is to blame. Another saw a few spots of blood in her panties and another has a husband who's just not into pregnancy. Last but not least, one just found out she's pregnant, has two kittens she's madly in love with, and is terrified of toxoplasmosis in her litter box. What should they do? They should all stop worrying. I'm not trying to dismiss their concerns. I'm right in there with the best of the worriers, but I'm learning to change my ways. When I was pregnant with my first baby, I pestered the heck out of my doctor with some valid, some not so valid worries. I called my doctor late on a Saturday evening when I heard my dishware was being recalled because it might be contaminated with lead. I was totally freaked out that by eating off those plates, my baby would be brain damaged. Turns out the plates, a blood test, and my daughter are all fine. Another time I freaked out because a woman on the news claimed she'd contracted HIV through her Rogam shot. I'd just had my first Rogam shot and was pretty darn worried. It was the 80s, Rogam is a blood product, and screening protocols were still new for HIV. The list of things that freak us out when we're carrying our babies is long and evolving and doesn't stop even after the kids leave home. There's a lot at stake. Pregnancy is a huge responsibility, and we live in stressful times. I get it. And still, quit worrying. Here's what worry will do for you. Zilch, nada, nothing. Someone once said, worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it gets you nowhere. I'd argue that it does take you someplace, but nowhere you want to go. Many scientists, physicians, and health experts have proven that worry, stress, fear, and pervasive negative thoughts can actually contribute to poor health outcomes. Patience, education, and action, on the other hand, can take you to a place of health and well-being. Here's what I want you to do when you find yourself worrying. Ask yourself, do I have any control over this situation? If the answer is yes, take action and do what you can to change the situation. If the answer is no, accept it and move on. Control what you can, let go of what you can't, and try not to hang on to the fear. Need an example? How about that early trimester spotting? Can you change that? Probably not. In most cases, there are no specific actions you can take. Are you miscarrying? Maybe, but probably not. Spotting is common. Call your midwife or doctor, then focus on a positive outcome. Will that guarantee your pregnancy is safe? Nope. But it's a better course of action than focusing on a negative outcome. Here's another example. You've been diagnosed with bacterial vaginosis. Have you been trying to conceive for a while and aren't pregnant yet? Can you change that? Yes. Take your antibiotics, time your ovulation, have sex, and wait and see. If you've been trying for more than a year, see a fertility specialist. Six months if you're over 35. Will worry help you get pregnant? Nope. And in fact, high stress levels are linked to infertility. Now, how about that kitten problem? That's an easy one. Ask your doctor for a toxoplasmosis test and get your partner to change the litter box. What else can you do to stop worrying? Read, learn, exercise, meditate, talk to friends, go to work, cook dinner, stay active, get some rest, and for heaven's sakes, go play with those kittens. Then take your newfound chill attitude with you as you start parenting, because I tell you what, kids will make you worry big time. Now let's take one more break, and then let's get to this week's guest. Thanks again to our sponsors at Cabrita Goat's Milk Formula. If your formula-fed baby has tummy or skin troubles associated with cow's milk formula, it might be time to try something different. Check out Cabrita Goat Milk Formula over at cabritausa.com. That's K-A-B-R-I-T-A, USA.com. Then send them a fast email at hellocabrita.ca because right now they'll send a free tin to Common Sense Pregnancy Parenting and Politics listeners. Just tell them you heard about them here, give them your address, and voila, your free tin of Cabrita's goat milk formula is on its way. Okay, we're back and done with all that worry. Now we're going to shift gears hard right now because it's time for this week's guest. Laura O'Han is an internationally recognized yoga and Pilates teacher both of which, by the way, are great for stress and worry. And she specializes in core and pelvic floor issues, which are super common concerns for many mamas. She's been teaching for the past two decades, and she creates um, online exercise programs that are challenging, unique, safe, sustainable, and life-changing. In addition to yoga and Pilates, Lauren is also a certified She is certified as a restorative exercise specialist in neurokinetic therapy and in anatomy in motion. That's a heck of a bio. Let's get Lauren on the line. Hi, Lauren, it's Jeannie. How are you?
1: Hi, Jeannie. I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm doing really well. It's, you know, day after a holiday, but this is a really nice way to start the work week. Yeah. How about you? I'm doing
1: good. I'm good. Yes, yeah. Good. Where in the country are you? Um, we currently live in Miami. We were in New York for many years, but we've moved, relocated to Miami.
0: Got it. So are you guys hitting a big weather pattern right now?
1: We are. We've had two weeks of nonstop rain. Today it's sunny, but it was raining the entire weekend and two weeks before that too.
0: Well, my listeners know I live in the land of drizzle, which is Portland, Oregon, and I spent last weekend in Washington, D.C., and I tell you what, there was a deluge downpour that impressed me,
1: (laughs) and I live with rain. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I think the whole country is having intense weather patterns.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we're thinking about you. So I read a little bio of yours right before I got you on the line, but my first real question is this one. Who are you and what do you do?
1: So I'm Lauren and, um, I was, I've been a yoga teacher for 18 years. So, and I began focusing much more on, so I'm a yoga and a Pilates teacher. And I began focusing much more on kind of a more rehabilitative form of yoga after my own back injuries when I was in my mid twenties. Um, and up until that point I'd done like really just intense, hyper stretchy yoga. Um, mm-hmm. And the then, fast kind? Kind and of. And yeah, yeah, and yeah, core yeah. power and
0: all that. All yeah. That. love that stuff. I loved it. It's so much
1: fun. Yeah. It didn't yeah. work for my body, um, no. but it's a lot of fun <laughs> and it can work for a lot of people. It just didn't work for me. But I, I started, I was having myself my own injury and there were a lot of my students getting injured. And I just started wondering like, what am I doing and what am I teaching? And my back injury was really severe. I actually needed surgery, but I didn't have surgery. And I instead spent most, the better part of a year, basically a year recovering. And in that year I just started working very much like just learning about the root causes. If there are, you know, the root causes of my injury. And so that I kind of became known in certain yoga circles as like a rehab, like a rehab focused teacher. And then when I started having my own kids, Um, 11 years ago, I Mm -hmm. started getting a lot of women who were pregnant or postpartum and they were dealing with a whole different form of injuries, but that seemed so similar to my back injury. So I then started focusing in a lot more with women who have core and pelvic floor dysfunction. And then about three years ago, four years ago, my partner and I, we were looking to relocate somewhere warm and beautiful. We didn't know where, and we thought, you know, we should just bring the business online just so we can be free and not have to work, live anywhere. And we did, we brought my business online and, um, I created a program called restore your core and it just exploded. It, you know, I have many, many women now in the Facebook group and in the program. And I think there was just not a lot of people willing to talk about these issues, you know, leak P incontinence, prolapse, diastasis, recti, um, and my approach is a little bit different than other approaches. So I just think there was a market for it. So that's what I mainly do now. And I have another a prenatal program called One Strong Mama, which is very core and pelvic floor focused as well, which again, I just don't think is par for the core. It's just not a conversation. It's happening, but in a different way. So that's what I do. That's who I am and what do I do. I help okay, women. Okay. With well, their I, got a,
0: I got a really good um, professional description. I I. I got a lot of information about your career path, but you only hinted at some of the juicy parts. Tell me about the rest of your life.
1: Like you've got kids. I've got three children. I had three kids in three years. So I had one every year for three years or four years. It was one every year for four years. And um, so there's three of them, three girls. My oldest is now 12. So my youngest is eight. Eight. And that was very hard for me becoming a mother. I am not cut out for the selflessness that it requires (laughs) required. Um, And I definitely struggled really. I'm very, you know, I'm super independent and I traveled a lot my whole life. And so having kids put a little bit of a damper on that. And my partner loves to travel too. And so we, um, it took us a few years to figure out how to do this, how to kind of be, be present to our children, but be present to our own needs. So we travel a lot. We travel, we've taken them to India and Cambodia and Thailand and Mexico. We've taken them everywhere. We spent a year backpacking with them when they were five and under. Um, and we, yeah, that's, I mean, we've now relocated to Miami. Did they carry their own gear? They, you know, they did. We only, we only had one, we had two backpacks with us and that's it. So they didn't have to carry any of their own gear. We, there were two backpacks. He had one, I had one. What'd you do about diapers? Um, bought them there, I mean, we were in countries that had diapers. We never traveled with more than ten at a time on us i'm oh, always but you know what I, I feel like what? my youngest one was potty trained by then. she was two when we left, so, ah. I think my youngest was potty trained it 's all about timing isn 't it it is it is about timing and and you know what an expectation we knew. Like we didn't go into it. Like so both of us had backpacked around India when we were 18. We knew that it wasn't going to be a replication of that. And that if we had no expectations, we'd be a happier family.
0: Yeah. So, that I think that's just kind of good in general when you're raising kids. Just
1: Oh my god. Go with yeah, it. Go go with it. Yeah. Oh, it ever yeah. changes every day and doesn't it? Oof. Oof. It does. Yeah. How many well, children do you have?
0: I have three daughters, a son, and a niece, so I call them my five pack. But um, my kids are grown. I'm mm-hmm. at the tail end of this, you know, meaty dig, dug-in parenting business. Mm-hmm. It's a different time of life. Um, it yeah. real, it doesn't end. You're
1: still the parents, but it's different. The responsibility different. changes. Yeah, I, I can't yeah. wait for that. I know people look at me in shock when I'm always like, I can't wait to be an empty nester again. <laughs> I'm glad you're honest
0: about it. I know people are looking at us like, what are you gonna do? How are you gonna be? Oh my god. Yeah, we're gonna be fine.
1: (laughs) It's gonna be great.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, let's talk more about your work. You teach yoga and Pilates, and you're a restorative exercise specialist. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. You know, some of our listeners probably won't know the difference between those three things. Yoga and Pilates, sure, sure. But Let's talk about
1: what it means to be a restorative exercise specialist. Restorative. Yeah. And I actually, that's, I mean, I'm trained in that. I I blend the three modules together. Restorative exercise was developed by a woman named Katie Bowman. I mean, the restorative exercise that I have on my website. Um, And she is a biomechanical scientist who's actually based out of Squim, Washington, And I certified with her to teach her method. I I now don't teach it exclusively, but um, she's a brilliant biomechanical teacher. Um, And so that's what that is. I mean, the idea is that her idea and what she puts forth is that a lot of the issues that many of us are experiencing in our bodies are a result of not moving the way our DNA has designed us to move. So babies being in strollers from too early, um, kids wearing shoes that are not letting their feet be feet. Uh, not walking enough as people, sitting too much at desks, stuff like that. And so her whole restorative exercise is not so much restorative like let's lay on our back and do meditation as much as let's restore our body to to be doing what it's meant to be doing biologically. Her idea is that a lot of our injuries and diseases come from having a body that's very limited in its scope of movement. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. She wrote a, She's written a bunch of great books. One of them that I really appreciate is called Move Your DNA. That's the one where she kind of lays out this theory of hers. Um, so, yeah, it does make a lot of sense. The system can be a little rigid in certain areas, too, or... I would say can make people feel bad. I mean, people, some people have to go to work and sit at a desk all day and then they're left wondering, uh, where does that leave them? So, mm-hmm. you know, this system does have certain limitations, but, um, it's a, it's overall, a there, the philosophy behind it is pretty cool. So you focus on,
0: you know, core and pelvic floor, pre and postpartum mamas, and yeah. they are flocking to your website to learn about yeah. pelvic core strength and that, but let's, let's talk about why.
1: Well, I think there's not a lot of resources. Um, I think a lot of women, first of all, don't know what they're dealing with right off the bat. So if let's say you have a diastasis recti, which is a separation of the abdominal muscles, which basically means that when you put your hands in the center line of your stomach, ideally, and you do, let's say, a curl, you're lying on your back and you do a crunch. Ideally, there should be tension there when you do that. For a lot of women who've had babies they do that. And there's kind of a hole between their belly. They don't realize that that's what's happening. I have women who are 20 years postpartum who are like, oh my God, I just discovered via your website that I have a set, an abdominal separation. I didn't understand why I had back pain all these years or that why my stomach never went back to looking the way it looked before I had a baby. So there aren't a lot of, you know, when, when you've had a baby, doctors aren't they're not really checking for that stuff unless you ask, because it's not really a serious medical condition. And it can go along with the territory, and doctors are trained in other things. They're not necessarily physical therapists, right? Mm-hmm. And the same thing with a prolapse. A lot of women are like, oh, I, I, some women I work with, it starts with, I leak when I run, mm-hmm. and then it became, and then, I, and then I prolapsed, which means that your organs have moved from their ideal position and they've moved down into the vaginal vault somewhere. So your uterus can prolapse into your vagina or yeah, um, not ideal, not, no, ideal. not ideal at all. And again, there's just not, there's a wealth of, there's so much conflicting information too about people are like, well, just do your Kegels or had you only done your Kegels. And a lot of women actually Kegels are not very beneficial for them because their pelvic floor muscles are too tight to begin with
0: and when I, kegel, when I hear a kegel joke it just came yeah to me. yeah tell me. I, I saw cool. it online and i don't have any idea who to credit it to but it goes whoever named them kegels missed an opportunity to call them puss ups oh i saw
1: that i love it <laughs> i That's love funny. it someone posted it to my page it's hilarious yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a great one so not not all women need Kegels is the bottom line. They don't benefit everyone, and it doesn't prevent a prolapse, and it doesn't prevent pelvic floor dysfunction for everyone. So I think a lot of women flock to me also because I take a very non-judgmental approach to things. So I'm not like, oh, well, had you only done your Kegels, um, right? And I'm also not stuck on on them. I want them to go back to the activities they love, whether it's CrossFit, running, yoga. I'm not stuck on you know, Oh my God, those things are so bad for your body. You should never do them anyway. And that's what got you in trouble to begin with. That is not my approach. So I think a lot of women love that there's a non-judgmental place for them to hang out in. And then the program works for a lot of women. So I think what's the program like? It's, um, so the program is a 13 week program. We spend the first week on education. So some women, it takes them Three minutes, like three days, sorry, three hours to go through that first week. I mean, it's, it's designed to be done in a week, but people push play and do whatever they want. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and that's like understanding your core as a system, understanding how your breathing affects your core. What is intra-abdominal, breath? like how the root causes of these issues and then, because I'm not about just treating symptoms, I'm really about the root causes. And I think a lot of women with corn pelvic floor dysfunction are told, well, go off and do these exercises, do these five exercises, three reps a day for th- 30 days. And that's not how I work. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like you to know kind of what could be making this problem worse. What could be contributing to this? So we spend a week doing that. And then we spend 12 weeks on exercises. And um, it's a mix of yoga, Pilates, functional movement, some squatting, some lunging, um, all of it designed to get your core to be a term that I use called reflexive. So like when you push open a door, you don't tell your biceps to turn on for you. You shouldn't Mm -hmm. do that for your core. When you go to lift your baby or your pile of laundry, your core should just do its job. For a lot of us, it doesn't. So getting your core to automate, to be responsive is what the program is about, basically, the hmm. pelvic floor and the core. Hmm.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: It's, it's a different it a di- approach.
0: but Okay. Is it a different approach for pregnant women and postpartum women?
1: A little bit. A little bit. You know, when you're pregnant, you have that load. And so the thing about the load of the baby is that our muscles are always responding to load. And the problem is for some of us, when we have that extra load, our muscles don't know how to respond. Uh, respond. Hence... The, dia- the muscles tearing, which is a diastasis, or mm-hmm. the um, organs falling down. So what we do in the, in the prenatal program is help women, A, do the work to have an easier birth. So we want our mm-hmm. pelvic floor to yield during childbirth. So we do a lot of work around that. But also to have the core supporting the load, the pregnancy. And I think there is a big myth out there that you should have your core engaged all day long. So we throw that myth out. Um, we don't, we don't have our women work that way. Um, mm-hmm. so it's a little bit different that pre- you know, we, we, take into account that they can't lie on their bellies or that, you know, they're limited in certain movements. We don't want them doing excessive twisting because it could, um, put pressure on the sacroiliac joint or the pubis symphysis. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is, it, the two programs are very different like that, but they're both very core and pelvic floor centric, obviously.
0: So do you have women who come to you with leaking bladders and they go through the program and
1: it fixes it? 100%. 100%. Wow. And I have, so there's now about 12,000 women in the Facebook group and anyone can join the Facebook group. It's, it's free. And I give advice there all day long. And there are many women who come in and comment. They're like, my symptoms are gone. My leaking is gone. I'm back to running. I can horseback ride again. Absolutely. Yeah, we have a lot of that, which is why I think the program is so successful. I now have a teacher training program, and I teach in-person workshops called Restore Your Course. So, you know, the program, I did no advertising for this program from day one. I still have yet to do an advertisement. We're working on it, but it works because of the the word of mouth. There's a lot of groups for incontinence and diastasis recti, and a lot of my women are in there being like, you should try this program. And, you know, so that's how... I, are uh, most of your are most of your clients young women? It, amazingly, yes. I have women who are twenty two years old, devastated, shocked, don't understand. Um, especially with the prolapse, the prolapse is really devastating. It's very hard yeah. to handle that diagnosis.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how do women find it at
1: your program? A lot of them find it just from word of mouth at this point, but I think there are many, many doctors, doulas, and midwives who refer to me at this point, chiropractors. I have a huge, I just have a large network of people who've, who know the program. I gift it to people who are, um, I'll gift it to people who are practitioners so they can try it. And so I have a large network at this point of um, practitioners who recommend it to their clients. So clients come in, they're like, I'm peeing when I'm running. And a doula might be like, Oh my God, you should try one strong mama. That's the prenatal program. So that's how people find me right now is very much word of mouth people in the birth community and rehab know me at this point. So it's just a lot of word of mouth. We plan to start doing advertising, Facebook stuff. Let's
0: let's give them a a website address too, listeners who are. Yeah.
1: So, um, there's, laurinoheyan.com, which is just my first name and last name.com. Uh-huh. And then very soon, uh, the restoreyourcore.com will be up as well. And then okay. onestrongmama.com.
0: Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, what, what else do you want listeners to know about your work and your life?
1: Um, that Well, the main thing that I love telling people about this work is that for healing is digging many shallow holes looking for water is usually less effective than one deep hole, one deep well where you find water. And I think when people are injured, um, either during birth or after birth, it can, it can feel very frenetic. I need to find, you know, and we go searching for solutions and we want to be fixed. And sometimes it can, the, the reframing is really important. So just, it's a journey. You don't have to look for a fix. You're not broken. The body is never broken. Healing is always possible. And at this point, I've worked with thousands of women who in the beginning felt like I'll never be better, who are better. And it's just about being willing to put in the time and the patience because healing does take time and patience.
0: That would be the I, I get letters from women who have been injured in some way during their first birth, which is you know pretty common that they'll have a tear or you know something some a ligament or a muscle, mm-hmm. and um they want to know what they can do to make sure that that doesn't happen again with right. their second, right, yeah, which is you know I get that i I get that a hundred percent
1: absolutely, yeah. and I think that that fear is one of the things that can limit our potential to heal. And I always tell my clients, if you believe that you're injured, you'll just, you you know, your body will make sure you get more of that. But if you can trust the healing process and just take the steps. So you find one person you trust or a program you trust, and you go through the process and you, you have to hope for the best And you have to trust your body that, you know, because once you've been injured, once you do your work, hopefully you, you research, you find out what you can do for the next time. But I've seen many women who've injured during one birth and never had subsequent injuries. Yep. Yep. Me too. Yeah.
0: Thousands
1: and thousands of them. Yeah,
0: Yeah. absolutely.
1: Our bodies are so amazing. Once we pay attention and actually give it the input that it's asking for, oftentimes it, it cooperates with us. And then when it, with a great big, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And when it doesn't, we just have to learn to pick up the pieces and figure, you know, and just be positive about, I don't know about positive, but, but go walk the extra mile with it.
0: Yeah. Our bodies are designed to live and move and breathe and dance. And, and yeah, when you're dealing with, you know, injuries, you can still do all that. Maybe just something different. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. Well, yeah. Well, I've got just a couple of other more questions for you that I like to ask everybody who comes on the podcast. The first one being this. How would you fill in the blank?
1: Nobody ever told me that. Oh, um, I, I was waiting for more. Nobody That's ever. The blank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. There's so much. Nobody ever told me that. Motherhood was both so incredibly hard and so incredibly demanding and amazing at the same time, I would say. Motherhood was my biggest life shock. It's shocking. I agree. Yeah. And continues to be. (laughs) Yeah, it is an amazing. I mean, they've, yeah, it is an amazing amount of work. I love it. But it is, and I have three really easy children. Uh-huh. Yeah, three girls. <laughs> three yeah, girls, but it's still. Work.
0: Yeah, and they're in. You're raising sisters. Yes. Yeah, exactly. which is different. It's different when you're raising siblings. You know. Yeah. I don't know that the life processes are different for women who are raising one child. You know, you're still going through the same life processes with that child, but when you add other kids, then you're facilitating lifelong relationships. Absolutely. You're facilitating your children's wow.
1: longest relationships. Totally. And I have only one sister and my mom came from one sister and you know my grandmother also one sister. So there's a long lineage of just sisters in my family, but still raising sisters. And it's interesting my, yeah, I see my children's relationship is so different than my own with my sister. That's also interesting to note.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff, Lauren. Yeah. Okay. So my last question for you is this. Where are you in your life as a mom?
1: Hmm. You know, I would say that as a mom, I think now that I'm parenting older children, I'm really in my prime. Like I am, Mm. I am definitely. So parenting younger kids was just survival. (laughs) <laughs> like it was so much more survival than anything else, and now it's a lot more an enjoyment and prime. And oh, it's so it's so much better. It's so much better. But I feel like I'm about to hit the. I am about to hit the teenage years where I'm like, oh, that, <laughs> this is the reprieve before that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not all you know nasty wild hoodlums. Most of them are exciting people.
1: I hear they emerge they, at 18 as like phenomenal human beings.
0: Yeah. They're pretty good all the way through. Oh, Don't listen to the bad rumors. Oh, that's
1: great perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, Lauren, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you. And I know that our listeners are going to be eager to get the information that they'll find on your website,
1: LaurenOhean.com. Yep. Cool. Thanks, Jeannie. Yeah. What a pleasure. Well, thank you. Yeah. All right. We'll talk again. Yes, absolutely. Goodbye for now.
0: That's it for this week, y'all. Thanks again to our sponsors, Fly Baby App. And don't forget, Common Sense listeners get a special 20% off discount on their first rental when they use the promo code Common Sense. Thanks also to Cabrita Goat's Milk Formula, who is giving Common Sense Pregnancy Parenting and Politics listeners a free tin when they email hello at cabrita.ca. Our guest today was Lauren O'Hayan, and you can learn more about her at laurenohayen.com and Lauren spells her last name O-H-A-Y-O-N you can learn more about me at jeanbalkner.com my book is Common Sense Pregnancy and you can find it everywhere books are sold email me Gina jean at Faulkner. tweet me at Faulkner. find Common Sense Pregnancy on Instagram Common Sense Pregnancy Parenting and Politics is produced by Alex Ward at Sounds Like Picture Studios Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk again next week. Bye-bye.